Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Captain Jim Palmer. I am the dream business coach, and I've got a very cool interview with Kelly Alexander. I'm going to introduce her to you right now, and then we're going to get into this topic about taxes. (laughs) Okay, Kelly Alexander is the founder of Great American Tax Remedy, which empowers American taxpayers like you to liberate themselves from federal and state income taxes through powerful, little-known banking laws that anyone legally working in the USA can leverage. Wanting to understand and become a more empowered citizen, Kelly embarked on a quest that after a decade of research and some powerful dealings, or maybe, may I say, painful dealings, (laughs) the IRS, I guess that's the only way you deal with the IRS, led her to uncover secrets of our tax system and banking laws. And what she unexpectedly discovered was a legitimate way to opt out of today's uh, misleading tax system and, and just, let's just call it onerous, okay? Because that's pretty much what it is. Sharing these discoveries and empowering others to apply them correctly is now her life's calling. Kelly is the author of a soon-to-be-released upcoming book, From Fear to Freedom, Liberation from the U.S. Income Tax System, and she has helped many small business owners, in addition to W-2 wage earners, doctors, investors, etc., cut their taxes by tens of thousands of dollars legally, again, without complicated strategies or scrounging for new deductions, while at the same time lowering the national debt. It's truly possible and legal for you to pay zero or modest income tax, and Kelly is going to tell us how to do that. How are you doing today, Kelly? I'm doing just great. Thank you so much, Jim. Good. There, there was one word I probably, my audience knows I, I, I mangle the English language now again. There was one word in your bio and I couldn't produce it or pronounce it. There I go again. So I just kind of skipped over it. Oh, it matters not. No it worries. It matters not. We'll still get there. Well, it's nice to meet you. I know you're neighbors with uh, one of my longest time uh, friends and associate in business, Adam Homey in Vegas. Yes. And um, he's the one that introduced us. So I want to dive into this and you know, whenever I was reading the word legally in the intro, I made sure I emphasized that because, you know, it's, it's important. I, I mean, I want to pay, what I tell my accountant is I want to pay the least amount by the penny that I'm legally, morally, and ethically obligated to do so and not a penny more. So right. um, how did you get in? I mean, I, I'm guessing because you mentioned, um, you know, you had some really uh, painful dealings with the IRS that kind of got you started down that path to f- change this, change this, how you at least interacted in your life. Well, actually, I started on this path before I got into the crosshairs of the IRS. I had um, uh, been introduced to some other method for, uh, you know, lowering taxes. And it turned, I applied that method and it turned out that it was a flawed method. Mm. And there are many flawed methods out there. And so I received a approximately a $50,000 refund from IRS, not based on money that I had paid in, but based on my banking activity. Hmm. And about, 
oh, I don't know, some months later, I started receiving letters from the IRS and uh, that they needed that money back. And so, you know, at first I, I clung to the position. And then as I, you know, dove deeper into my understanding, I realized it was flawed. And so I did owe that money back and um but it didn't cause me to give up this quest that i was on because at that point i knew there was some kind of a remedy it's just that that was not it so i kept going in my legal research and little by little by little it just it just showed up and um, yeah, it wasn't like I found a book that um, led me to this. In fact, I think I'm going to be the one writing the book on this. I did find a lot of information online and sifting through the facts versus the opinions took a while, but that's what I did. And then I started testing this method that I'm teaching and sharing now, and I've had no issues with IRS. I did receive one phone call from an IRS agent about three years ago. And he says to me, it looks like you filed another frivolous tax return. And so we discussed it. And he said, if this was valid, he said, everybody would be doing it. And then he went on to say, I would be doing it. And I just gently said to him, well, people have to know about it in order to do it. And I let him know that I have been following, there's a a statement that IRS periodically updates and puts out of frivolous positions that taxpayers come up with to justify not paying taxes. And I told him that I have never seen this method that I'm doing appear on that long list of, of frivolous positions. And, and I explained to him a little bit about the method, and I asked him if he had run this by the legal team, and he hadn't so far, and he said he would do some research and get back to me. I never heard from him again, and I have never heard from any other IRS agent since. Wow. You must have been nervous talking to him. I know I would be. Well, there's always that, even now, you know, the thought of talking to the IRS, I know it makes even my heart still speed up a little bit, but I'm not as afraid nearly as I used to be. And that's because I understand what I'm doing. I understand what their authority is. They have great authority. Um, and their authority is to tax the use of Federal Reserve notes. And so my method shares with people how to use another currency that is available to us that we are never taught, is never heard, is never discussed anywhere in any of the segments of our society, whether it be the financial world, the educational system, the political system, the media, it's not spoken of. Um, It's very well camouflaged, which to me points to the fact that if it was really not legal, it wouldn't be so carefully camouflaged. Is this what you refer to, Kelly, as the Great American Tax Remedy? That's why I named my company this, yes. Okay. So, how, so I, I don't know how much you care or want to share, but I'll ask the question. You can share what you want. How, sure. does, how does it help people 
legally pay less income tax. Okay, so what people don't understand about our monetary system is that before the Federal Reserve was Act was passed, which was back in 1913, our U.S. Congress issued our money. And that money, because it does not incur a debt obligation on the U.S. government to be paid back with interest to the Federal Reserve, which is now in existence, that other currency is exempt from taxation. So basically, okay, it's called the umbrella term is lawful money. And it's uh, basically uh, in current form called United States notes. And it's spoken of in Title 31, subsection 5115. And it talks about United States notes. They are not a reserve currency. It says that there's um, 300 million of them in circulation. And just a few points about how the U.S. Treasury Secretary is the one that issues those. Wow. So Yes. So there's another currency that we can use okay. that that frees us from the obligation of paying the income tax for the use or the privilege of using Federal Reserve notes. So I know you're not a CPA or a certified financial advisor. So what made you decide to create the Great American Tax Remedy Company? I created it so that I could share the freedom and the liberation that I experienced in my own life um, with others. And primarily because using United States notes does not, because it does not incur obligation on the US government, it actually helps the government lower our national deficit. And that's why I love this method so much. It's a win for the individual and it's a win for the government. So let's say in the course of a year, this is a hypothetical example. Okay. A person earns $100,000 and they work with me and I show them how to redeem that $100,000 out of Federal Reserve money and into United States notes. What that does is it signals to the banking uh, world, i.e. the Federal Reserve, that because of that redemption by that individual, $100,000 of the bonds that the Federal Reserve holds as collateral uh, uh, from the U.S. Treasury must be surrendered by that amount back to the Treasury. So it takes $100,000 off of our national debt over that period of the year. Okay. And because United States notes cannot be uh, used uh, in the fractional uh, reserve lending process, which means that a bank can take um, a deposit, hold 10% in reserve, and create another 90% basically out of thin air to make available as loans, that process cannot be done on United States notes, which is another way that our, our national debt grows and the money supply expands. And this is what helps contribute to 
uh, inflation and the dilution of the value of the existing dollars in the system. Does that make sense? I know it's a lot. You're hearing a whole lot. No, and, and, and I admit, you know, I'm, you know, it's interesting. My CPA has been with me for 14 years and I'm like, you have so much trust in you because, you know, and actually as a business coach, I tell people, stay in your lane. My lane is not this stuff. So I'm okay I'm to you. And it's some of it, I'm, I'm fascinated at the same time. Some of it goes over my head. So how does the system actually work? Um, I mean, is there a lot of math and formulas and paperwork? And what would my CPA say if I said, hey, let's move $100,000 over here? All right. Well, let me, let me address the CPAs first. All right. CPAs and tax attorneys are very, very highly educated, smart people, and they do a good job of keeping people out of trouble with IRS. Their area of expertise is in the tax code. And my understanding is that there are at least 81,000 pages of tax code. So not any one CPA is going to have mastered the entirety of that tax code. They specialize and they have a client clientele based on their areas within the tax code that they're very savvy and knowledgeable about. Because the method that I am using comes from banking law, it is actually outside the expertise of tax experts whether they're tax attorneys or CPAs or whatever. So when you broach this to a CPA, they're going to be very skeptical and they're, and they're because they're not familiar with it. And this is not CPAs. This is humanity. Anything that people are unfamiliar with, they tend to be naturally negative against. So just so you know, if you bring this to your CPA, he's, he's, you're going to kind of put him on the spot for something that he really cannot address because it's outside of his okay. area of expertise. Put it, just leave he'll it at probably, that. He'll probably poo-poo it because it's, it's either outside of his area or it could potentially take away business from him, I would think. Well, there's that possibility, yes. There, yeah. Okay. Um, so, so the way this works, as far as you know, what's involved – it's actually very, very simple. It has to do with how you endorse your uh, deposits of income into your bank account. We are taught, you know, as a young person, <laughs> you know, we get a birthday gift from Annie Olive and Uncle Norman and, oh, great, let's go shopping. And mom and dad says, let's open up a, a bank account for you so that we can turn this uh, birthday check into either cash or a deposit. And so we're taught that you sign the back of the check to endorse it. And then you either get your check. Uh, I'm sorry, you get your cash or your deposit to use later as savings. What we're not taught is what that signature does is it, it's establishing with the bank that you are voluntarily using the Federal Reserve money. Secondly, you are endorsing the entire Federal Reserve system and how it operates. 
And lastly, you are pledging your substance, your future labor, and everything that you have use and possession of uh, to cover the national debt in the event if there was ever a nationwide financial collapse, which is huge. Mm. And no one of us can possibly uh, meet that pledge. So it, it could possibly put us into a state of bondage. So what I'm showing people how to do is to do something instead of a naked endorsement, which is when you sign your name only, um, I show people how to do a conditional or restricted endorsement instead. And there's just a few bit of, um, you know, some wording that you put from the banking law. It's Title 12, subsection 411. And in that statute, it says that Federal Reserve notes shall be redeemed on demand at the U.S. Treasury or at any Federal Reserve Bank. And you, so you put on there redeemed for lawful money pursuant to Title 12, 411, and then you sign your name. And this is what changes how the bank processes your deposit. Now, I've been into uh, some banks, and no disrespect to bank tellers and things like that, but sometimes it's like, hmm, I hope my money goes in the right place. And I'm, I'm sure that sounds disparaging, but how, based on what you're saying, how you assign the check and things like that, how do they, how does somebody actually handle that differently than they handle the thousand other checks that day? Well, they will still deposit into your account the same way, and they will, you know, log in all their um, you know, paper trail on it. Basically, they can because they cannot fractionally lend on your deposit. Legally, they are required to hold all one hundred percent of your deposit in the vault. So, you know, that's more behind the scenes. You're not going to see any difference in how it's handled when you're standing in line and talking with the teller. Right. That part is the same. I've had one teller say, you know, I haven't seen this endorsement before. I want to show it to my manager before I move ahead. And I said, go, go ahead, take your time. And uh, she came back a few minutes later and said, okay, this is fine. And she processed it. Okay. Tellers typically aren't familiar with it. Um, you know, they don't see this very often. In fact, very rarely. And some of them, you might see their eyebrow furrow a little bit. But typically, they'll process it. And if they have a question, they'll check with their manager. And I recommend to people, if ever you are questioned, just because they can't take our word for anything, I just recommend that people ask the teller or the manager to run it by their legal team. Okay. What do you so, say to people who say, you know, and this sounds very political, but, you know, my fair share of taxes, are you... You know, what about that whole argument? Well, okay. So my feeling about that is it's indoctrination to say, you know, we're all supposed to pay our fair share. Right. This is what herds people away from the research that I've done and the discoveries that I've made because everybody's doing it. So it must be right. And... You know, your fair share is what you legally 
O. And if, since this is a legal way to reduce and or eliminate your taxes, your fair share can be zero. That's interesting. I mean, that, that can, that's true anyway. Yes. What a, what a great answer for some politician of your fair share just might be zero. Yes. Very cool. Yeah. Answer. Um, we're starting to run low on time. I, I imagine people might be hearing this and I'm sure you, you get this with your, with your own clients, Kelly, that it sounds interesting, but I'm kind of hesitant to try it. You know, you, you know, when the IRS calls, I mean, when, when we moved from Pennsylvania to Florida and um, I got, you know, we have our mail forward because we live on a boat. So I, I get to see what mail hits the mailbox, the holding box. And I say, oh no, it's the IRS. And yes. then, I, then I get my mail forwarded to me and I'm holding my breath for days. And it turns out to be a change of address form. You know, something about the IRS just scares the willies out of you. But so what, what would you say to somebody who's hesitant to try this? Well, I would recommend that um, we, I mean, you're hearing just some highlights of my, you know, many years of research. When I work with someone and I give them all the background so that they can connect all the dots in their own mind, that helps a great deal. And then also just to be, you know, honest, this isn't for every personality type. This is for people that have a bigger, bolder vision for their life and what's possible. People that tend to be very traditional in their approach, it just may not be a chasm that they either are willing to cross. Right. And not that it's that big Literally, it's just there has been so much conditioning and programming and teaching around the way the system is and what's quote unquote normal. So, mm-hmm. and, and, and then, like I said earlier, people can start this process in baby steps. They don't have to go all in right out the gate. They could just do it a little bit and then take a smaller victory their first year see how it goes for them, build up their confidence, build up a track record with IRS, and then bite off a little bit more the second year. Sounds good. Kelly, do you have uh, some information on your website? What would that information or, or what would that website be and, and, or, and any other ways you'd like people to get in touch with you? Uh, yes, you can go to mytaxremedy.com and I have a a little 12-page uh, free guide that gives an introduction uh, similar to what we've discussed today, a little bit more detail that you can read over. And in that uh, report, there's a way to schedule time with me in my calendar. And my email is there. And um, that would be a great way to um, learn more and uh, take the next step. MyTaxRemedy.com. That's very interesting. Kelly, thanks so much. It was kind of an an interesting, enlightening discussion. Appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Hey, thanks, folks. Um, This wraps up this episode of Dream Business Radio with Kelly Alexandra from MyTaxRemedy.com. Hey, be sure to connect with me on social media. I'm everywhere, but my home base is, is, uh, for the most part, Facebook. You can connect with me in my free group, 
build your dream business now. And the easy way to get there is dreambizgroup.com, dreambizgroup.com. That is it until this time next week, another fantastic interview. I am Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach, and you take good care. Now it's time to go implement what you've learned. Great ideas are nice, but results only happen through action and implementation. So stay focused. Kick all distractions to the curb. Sleep a little less if you have to. And create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle. To learn about building your dream business, join Jim's free Dream Business Facebook community at dreambizgroup.com. That's dreambizgroup.com. See you next week for more Dream Business Radio.